Hello, welcome to Scoops Mini Show number two. I'm your host, Mr. Thomas. Co-host, Miss Puss. Uh, we have a special guest today. You've heard the man before, the main man. Happy to have him join us again. Uh, by far, got us our most plays as well when he was here last time. That was February, right? It was before Something Super Bowl, like so early February. Yeah, yeah we got a IT creator Brian. Snaps for Brian. Snaps for Brian. How are you doing today, sir? Doing pretty well. Enjoying the nice weather. Enjoying the summer off from school. So excited to be on again. Uh, yeah, appreciate you coming on. Uh, obviously, you always have good things to say, and we appreciate your insight. But uh, you're a married man now. Congratulations to Brian. He married his lovely bride. Uh, we allowed to say her name or no? No, we'll keep we'll keep us anonymous. She's a uh, Mrs. Brian. How about that? I like that, Mrs. Brian, Creative Director, Mrs. Brian. Uh, so how was the wedding and everything? Tell us, tell us. But this this is a PG show, so keep it keep it PG. It was very nice. We we had an excellent time. I know. Um, I like to sum it up when people ask by uh, saying that one of Rebecca's bridesmaids said that uh, uh, she noticed that I couldn't stop smiling during the ceremony and then during the reception. So that was a really nice comment. I think that sums it up pretty well. It was really nice. The weather was nice. Um, it was a really beautiful day together. So. Yeah. Glad to hear that. Yeah, I mean, Miss Post and I are both guests. We had the honor of of, of being guests, you know, with with, with the Scoops team. Uh, probably only got the invite because of that, but that's okay. Uh, but I thought it was a lovely ceremony, very fun. Uh, speeches were great. Miss Post, any thoughts on that? Oh, it was a great wedding. Uh, beautiful location. One of the, probably one of my top uh, five favorite weddings I've been to. Very nice. Uh, big news, actually. Mr. T uh, caught the the bouquet, quote unquote, that was thrown. <laughs> But great idea, I will definitely steal if and when I get married, is uh, is Brian here tossed a football to get caught. Just a beautiful idea. He gave me a great toss. I was in the back, and I just climbed the ladder to go get it. It was sick. So Miss Post might have to be in store for some, some big news here later on since I caught that football. Any thoughts on that? <laughs> no, sir. So how's married life been going for these last four weeks or so, Brian? It's very good. Both uh, Mrs. Brian and I are working hard in our new jobs. I'm still a student, so I'm an intern uh, in, in the downtown in the semi-local big city that we are near so uh, and she works there too so sometimes we're commuting over an hour there but uh, today was one of those instances which is kind of long but besides that it's been really good it's been nice we, we've been wanting it for a long time we met as uh, sophomores in college so it's been a long time coming amen that's awesome yeah we definitely heard a lot about the background at, at the wedding and uh what what's been the commute, you know, obviously there's some quality time there with you guys uh, driving up back and forth. Have you guys been able to get some good some good quality time there on your drives? Yeah, driving is a little not as quality time just because uh, indie drivers are a little crazy, especially once you get, like, closer to the uh, closer to the city. But um, I'd say the, the best quality time is that Rebecca and I, or Mrs. Brian and I. You said hey, it, not me. We can edit it out, though, if necessary. It's all good. As long as there's no last names, it's fine. <laughs> I flagged it. I flagged it so we can go back and edit if necessary. <laughs> um, but uh, one of the traditions that we had before we were married and now after is um, that we read a passage from Scripture and then we pray before we go to bed every night, which has been really nice. And that that has uh, given us lots of good conversation before we are married, and it's been uh, even better after. So That's awesome. 
That's I think, awesome. I think that's a good tradition that I would encourage everyone to do. I actually got that from another main man, Nathaniel, who uh, has not come on the show yet, if I understand. So, I don't know. This might be a push for him to come on. That's an excellent segue. Well, sadly, you know, this, some people's egos, man. It, it seems like Scoops is beneath him because of his media presence. And that's just very sad. I mean... Uh, that's very unfortunate. He is the main man. I'm glad you, you took some tips from him. Very, very good person to take tips from. Uh, but maybe you can use your leverage to get him to come on, huh? We'll see. I don't know. I think he has a more fire-happy uh, employer than I do. So that might be a little risky, but we'll see. I, I, that could be true. I, I will say, though, I think it's more he's more kumbaya than you as well. You know, it's like to stir the pot. You know, you, you say one thing about mask and it's stirring the pot on scoops. So I think it's more, uh, you're just bolder. We respect that. We appreciate that boldness, sir. Thank you for uh, not being afraid of the man. Well, I think it's more like you got to deal with, like, you're the one who stirs it. I'm the one who tried to, like, turn the simmer down. Whereas Nathaniel just doesn't want to cook at all. So, but that's because some people don't want to get burned, but... I don't know. I, I've uh, had lots of conversations, lots of history. One, one of the other attendees at uh, the wedding, he's a good friend from high school, he used to debate uh, in uh, lunch every day. Like other people would like just talk in the cafeteria. We'd go to the computer lab and look up stuff online and debate uh, political issues. So I've had a lot of practice. So Sounds like my dream. I love that, Brian. Hey, it was a good experience. I, I will say my views have changed since then, but um, it was it was very good to have friends like that because um in college and now especially after college it's harder and harder to meet those people just because the circles are smaller and um the circles that you do run in are going to be a lot more um homogeneous so amen it's good to have that while you're young because it's going to be less and less uh common as you grow older i like that very wise brian how old are you 23 22 22 very wise for a 22 year old well done uh miss pose anything to add on that on marriage, meaning of marriage? No. Uh, Brian, do you want to debate here on the scoop set? We always have to debate here. Mr. T is always down for that. I don't know. Thing, thing that Mr. T and I were debating about a week ago was uh, whether Donald Trump should run again and whether that's a good idea. I think we have pretty different ideas on that. So we, we can talk about that if we want. Oh, uh, well, briefly uh this is a mini quote unquote mini we'll be shorter than the last time though because no no abortion really issue to bring like did last time uh i just want to say i think you're right brian I, I really don't think he should and even if my desire for him is strong just because of the trolling and liberal tears I, it's also not worth it in a lot of ways you can't take that risk of, of losing what should be a very very winnable election um but i i guess i'm i i think more so than you and, and dr shaw i think he has a better chance of winning and i think he i i think it's uh, not as bleak as it seems with all this January 6th hysteria, but you could be right. Well, it remains to be seen. It's still a couple of years out, obviously. Yeah. The thing that um, I like to say is that Trump kind of gives uh, leftist tears, but he doesn't. They, he doesn't really like invoke fear in them. I think DeSantis would actually invoke like leftist, like actual terror, because they know he would actually be competent and um, actually has principles, whereas Trump just like does everything and like for four years while trump was president they kind of had this charade is like oh this is so bad but then like they knew this was like what they needed to do to get him out of office it's a great so, point that's an excellent point so we need someone who can actually be competent and shut up when he needs to and that that would that would help a lot and go a long way to actually getting what we need to do done no, that's an excellent point and that's why ironically you know the, the same people crying out trump how trump is a threat to democracy and our democracy hangs in the balance in 2024 media and dems they, def they certainly want him to run because it makes their, their, their well, media obviously 
he makes them huge sums of money. And obviously Democrats, that's that's their boogeyman, as, as our boy Phil, shout out to Phil, says. He's, he's this boogeyman they've created. Mm-hmm. And he obviously helps them out in that sense, too, with his own antics. So certainly they, it's much to their, much contrary to their rhetoric, they certainly want him to run again. Any thoughts on Big T, Miss Post? Big T meaning Trump, obviously, not my boy William Howard Taft. Also uh, another, another solid, I don't say great president, but an Ohioan Supreme Court justice, but little T, not Big T, even though he was 300 pounds. That's a lot to process. Right it was. There. I'm sorry. I kind of got. On it. I want to make sure people 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 knew that I knew about Taft and that he was so big. He's actually not little, but anyway, big team. Is folks any thoughts? No. <laughs> All right, Brian. So let's. Uh, you said you didn't mention or follow January 6th too closely. We're not going to get in too much on it here in uh, in, in scoops. But uh, what you know, as, I guess some, as someone who doesn't follow it too much, maybe you have a, a different perspective. But what are your thoughts on kind of the hearings and just kind of the the significance of the day in general. Yeah, I, th- I think I like to look at things in terms of what's the goal of the people who are doing it. I, and I like to think of the people around me, especially like uh, my family and friends who do have those different political leanings and what, what are they looking at it, like the, the moderates that I, that I know. And they, they just see it like they'll just read the headlines and say like, oh, this is pretty serious if like they're having all these hearings, but they won't look into it very much. They won't realize it's, it's a charade. And it kind of just confirms all of their opinions about Trump. So, like, it seems to me like the Democrats are just setting it up to where it's like insurance that if Trump runs, it, it's uh, buffering whoever the Democratic opponent is going to be. Because then they can just use that and say, like, oh, now they're just building up all the clips that they can use and all the media stories and just um, massaging the public's view of all the issues. Because most people in America aren't informed, so they're going to get their news from whatever stories they see or whatever um, the trending things are. And that's what they're going at. They're not going Absolutely. at content. Absolutely. Well, that, that's a great point. I just want to, and I just had a, an excellent debate with my dad and grandma when I was home on the fourth. Epic debate. Phil was there, shout out to Phil again, uh, about about Trump and the, the quote-unquote insurrection, which of course I don't believe it is, because A, by definition it's not, because insurrection is a... a, a attempt to overthrow the government and replace it with a different system and has to be quashed by a force, which obviously this was not. And if it was an insurrection, why has no one been charged with an insurrection yet? And of course their answer is, oh, well, they give it time. It's like, okay, so in 2028, we'll get one insurrection charge from seven years ago. Anyway, all that to say, uh, and I think you're exactly right, Brian. I, I think it is important to, to find out what happened. But as I said in the debate with my family, I said, we already know what happened. It was security failure. And if, if you're trying to find out why that happened, why they're not calling these witnesses who were involved in security. For example, we'll link to this article, but, but the head of the Capitol Police asked the sergeant at arms six times on the day before and of January 6th for more security presence and, and was denied. Six times! Of course, the sergeant at arms denies this, so what would be a way to find out? Oh, maybe have them come in and testify as part of their prime time hearings with the ABC producer. But of course, that doesn't fit in the narrative, as you just said, so naturally it doesn't happen. Um, and, and to piggyback on something that you said, Brian, in February, you know, what is mainly politicians of all stripes, especially Democrats, what's their line? One election away from utopia or dystopia if they lose. Well, multiply that by 10 with Trump because, of course, if Trump wins, our democracy is in peril or our republic hangs by a thread. So you're exactly right about the clips and the benefits that they can show from that based on these hearings. Um, I had something else on that, but I kind of forget where I was going to take it. But I'm supposed to do many thoughts on that. You hear the beautiful bells in the background of our undisclosed campus location here. Beautiful night here where we're recording. Hopefully listen to it at some point in this month of July. But anyway, anyway, Miss Pose, any thoughts on that? 
No, you're, you're bringing up topics. I'm not very versed. That's right. It's the off season. And I just want to say, too, you know, again, this was a terrible day. And those that, that storm the Capitol, especially did damage, should be charged fully. But let's, again, if you're not going to get upset about this, the whole entire summer of riots with $2 billion, billion with a B, $2 billion in damage, then don't tell me about it being a, it being a threat to democracy and, 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 a, and an insurrection. Because, again, yes, it was the Capitol, but looting, the law does not say looting is justified for some things and not others. Yeah, like I can, in, in the undisclosed big city, there is a, a CVS downtown that's like closed and boarded up still because of the riots. Like that's more damage in one semi-major city than all of Washington, D.C. on that day. Excellent point. That's exactly right. And I think, and, and I don't have an article of this, but I do have it in my notes tab, 574 different riots, 574 nationwide. So again, and that, that's not to say you shouldn't condemn January 6th, but again, you can't be outraged at just that when you allowed violence the entire preceding summer the whole summer three months four months anyway excellent thank you brian uh i kind of lost the train of thought for this this next round of questions here that's okay though oh i know as long as i'm delving into real quick a few minutes to go here but you know of course now and this is why i really as much as i uh you know for many reasons i think biden's not doing a very good job as president but you know, one thing that people don't understand, as you said, voters are not very informed. I'll put it more bluntly. They're pretty much idiots in most cases. Okay. So, and here's exactly why, right? Governing is hard. Like, you don't, these campaigns that start in, in 2022 for two years later, they make all these promises, the primaries, they make all these promises they're going to do. And of course, it's not going to get done because you're not running for king. Congress is the most important branch that were, that was set up. But presidents say they're going to do all these things. And of course, they can't because they don't have the numbers. They don't have the support. And they don't have the public backing. So the far left is saying Biden's dropping the ball. He's not rising to the moment. And it's like, first off, he's, he's gone left way too many times. He's hurt his own agenda by, by kowtowing to the left. And they're like, oh, the left got him elected. No, the left almost cost him the election with their defund the police mantra. They lost each in the House, got a 50-50 Senate because of Trump's idiocy, and lost state legislature. So obviously running to the left didn't win Biden the election. But what did he do? He kowtowed them in terms of Build Back Better and calling voting Jim Crow 2.0. So anyway, not only is he listening to them and it's not working, but of course they're out of touch because they think, because he can't wave a magic wand, that he's not getting the job done. And as neither here, here nor there in terms of uh, Trump running, it's just a general discussion on how governing is hard and voters are usually ill-informed. Any thoughts on that, Brian? Yeah, it's... Voters are usually ill-informed, and it's interesting how people get their news. Because we can talk about how, like, government's situated and all that, but people don't really vote about that. Like, the majority of people I've talked to are not like, oh, well, I'll vote for this candidate, but, like, it doesn't really matter what they do because the Senate is uh, this way anyway. It's like they vote who they think they want, and that's how it usually works. But... How many people before they get to the day of the election know anything about the candidates besides their names and like the random stories that pop up on their Apple news feed? Like, like most people aren't uh, that informed. I don't, I don't know where you would go with that after that, but um, yeah, the, the hard left versus the, the moderates is interesting too. I think it's just because Joe Biden isn't the president. His cabinet's the president, right. and his cabinet, kind of like Trump, is that, like, Trump had a crap cabinet, and then so he had crap policy, whereas, like, Joe Biden has this, like, 
borderline communist cabinet has borderline communist policies. So, so it, it's kind of like that because the president, especially now that we have like all these 70 and 80 year olds as president, like they, they don't know anything. Their brain's mush anyway. So like it's all the young people in the cabinet who are actually running things. No, that's exactly right. And uh, I just want to say, too, in, in regards to the far left, again, not only has, has Biden gone left and it's hurt his party, but it, they're also, you know, it's Biden, of course, blames obstructionism for not getting his agenda through. But again, Democrats control both houses of Congress and the presidency. So by definition, they are obviously not, not by definition, they are. They're the ones in charge. And you say, oh, well, 50-50, so you have filibuster. It's like, yeah, exactly right. So you can't have policies that are not filibuster proof when it's 50-50 Senate. But of course, what happens? Well, they, they, the House waits 37 days or whatever to pass the infrastructure bill. The Senate, uh, the, the Senate's Democratic senators say, oh, one, senator's a, one senator is uh, overriding the majority of what Democrats want. It's like, no, one plus 50 is 51. That's the majority of what the senators want. So, and you're exactly right, Brian. And, and, and uh, yeah, I would say to that, just before we move on, is that the whole point of the the federal government, how it was set up, is to be obstructionist. The whole point <laughs> is that we can't get stuff done, so then right. there's not major change. That's the whole reason we, why we have two um, branches in the legislature that are supposed to be kind of opposed to one another, at least philosophically in terms of like what their voter base is. And then the president, who uh, can is another check on that. And then the judiciary, which like, if you want to see who... Um, who really wants the power? It's like, who's trying to abolish all of these institutions? It's like, we want to have the president by um, popular vote of the country. We want to have the Senate by popular vote of each state. We want to have the House of Representatives uh, stay the same, but like... Proportional the, voting. Proportional yeah, they'll voting. probably like make the Senate proportional to like the U.S. voting anyway, like if they get their way. Like the, it's packed the Supreme Court. Yeah, each justice is like, you, you get one justice from each uh, um, federal district or something. Yeah, it, it's, it's all democracy, which is our, our system is supposed to be the opposite of democracy because the founders knew that democracy didn't work back in the 18th century. And now we're bringing up like it's some new idea that we got to try. It's like, no, that's stupid. You're exactly right. The same party that promised a return to norms is now the one calling the Supreme Court illegitimate. And, and they're mad, like in the EPA ruling recently, the Supreme Court, Congress is mad. Democrats, Congress are mad that they now have more power to direct federal agencies. Think about that. Uh, let's let's switch gears a bit. One more thing before I switch gears. I also just want to mention, and that's and that's honestly why Trump rose to power, and again, why politicians, why why it is so polarized because voters demand these demand these sweeping mandates on, on the far flanks of each party. The candidate wins. They can't do they 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 can't do what the far side obviously wants. The middle is muddled because they're trying to appease both sides. So really, not, not much gets done. Or as you said, it should there shouldn't be major change. So then, the far flanks are upset. Moderates are upset because nothing gets done. And then they, they say, "Well, we got it, someone else new in there." So the whole thing goes over again, and nothing else gets done. They they throw them out, and that's why obviously the House and power or party in power loses seats almost all midterm elections. That's why you don't see Democrat or Republican rule presidents for twenty years in a row. Because again, voters are fickle, and getting things done is hard. And if if they don't get exactly what you want, you throw them out of there. That's true. Well, they tried that between the '40s and the '70s. Like the Democrats controlled uh, Congress for decades and decades, and that's when they instituted all like the big government policies that are killing our economy exactly. and killing our government now. It's like Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, all. Um, 
uh, the whole um, intervening in the housing market, all, all this stuff was all the big government run by Democrats um, trying to stick their tentacles and destroy the federal system. And that was from the 40s to the 80s, and now it's flip-flopping so things aren't getting done. But they were used to, like, FDRs, like their idol, exactly. when he did everything <laughs> like that. And um, so it's interesting how it's going back and forth. It's, all, it's almost kind of like the Gilded Age, whereas in the, like, the end of the 1800s, kind of like in the Taft era, where it would go back and forth. And um, we're kind of seeing a return to that with, like, the big... Uh, um, big city machines, if you remember that from APUS history. Chicago vote early vote often. Yeah, well, and that's coming back. Like with, right. the, with the Dinesh D'Souza uh, documentary, I, I don't know if any of his claims are accurate, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised because that's already happened in U.S. history with just like uh, when, when you look back at the voter, like the voting patterns, like, man, in the 1800s, like 70 to 80 percent of the population was voting. Like, is that even possible? Like, and and, that, and it seems like that's what it's going back to. So I think we're just going to go back to the politics of that era, which was pretty divided. But I hope, hopefully, um, this system can uh, stay the course because it seems like we're a lot more divided morally than we were before. Right. Uh, yeah, and, and you're exactly right, Brian. You know, Democrats, because they were unopposed so long, now that now they now they actually have to work to prove their point. They're like, oh, it's illegitimate. It's, it's, it's undemocratic. So they actually have to work to persuade voters to buy in their arguments. Uh, that's exactly right. Let's shift here real quick. Uh, Ms. Post, tell us how uh, inflation's affected you over these not last few months. 9.1% from uh, May to June. I'm sorry, year over year, excuse me, 1.3% May to June. So that's the highest since November 1981. Uh, Ms. Post, any thoughts on inflation affecting your lifestyle? Um, not too much. I mean, I'm very fortunate to be a teacher and not have to in my undisclosed location not have to drive to work every day so it's it's hitting at a good time thankfully but you know gas gas is crazy it's double what i used to pay for a tank of gas which really limits you i mean i'm not going to just go visit my family as much as i would um before but you know i'm very fortunate to have a good job that i don't really have to worry too much but it's to the point where I am altering, you know, my lifestyle, I guess, oh. to accommodate for that. You're certainly smart to call to carpool, Brian, with your lovely wife. Uh, any thoughts on inflation from you, Brian? Uh, I think uh, Miss Post brings up an excellent point. I actually heard one good comment from an MSNBC um, um, guest, and it was basically like, shut up about complaining about all this inflation. Like, most people are going to be fine, which is actually pretty accurate that... Most people like Mrs. Post, you have a pretty stable job. Like my internship with my wife, we both um, we both have pretty well-paying jobs that we don't have to worry about making the ends meet. So in that way, we're not like, yeah, like it's kind of tough to spend more, but it's not going to kill us. Whereas like the MSNBC host is like, you need to stop complaining about inflation. Your lives are fine. You got to like you got to worry about the people who are actually on the edges, which is true. But when you look at the statistics, whereas like. About 50% of America is living paycheck to paycheck. Those are the voters who are being impacted. Exactly. And, like, even if you're not living paycheck to paycheck, um, kind of going back to how informed are voters, that's something that every voter in America has seen. Amen. Like, from, like even if you're a, you're a kid, you can understand prices at the store. Like, that, that's pretty obvious. So, especially if you're actually buying things and trying to balance your budget, it's really tough. And... 
all, all this uh, blame it on Russia and Russian oil. It's like there's so many policy errors that were made before that and after that that probably constitute 95% of the error. And so whatever exterior foreign policy errors that uh, the Biden administration has made with regard to Russia or Ukraine or all that, that's a drop in the bucket compared to the effect that they've had domestically. And the voters know that. They know that, like, Russia and Ukraine is not impacting their prices of goods now. So I think that's going to be the biggest thing going forward. And that I think that's really going to hurt the Democrats long term. Hey, Mandel, I just want to add one thing to that and then we'll get out of here. But, you know, I think I mentioned this on the last episode, maybe the one with Phil. But, again, it used to be conservatives who were looking to cut welfare or things like that would say, you know, just spend less. You don't have, you don't have to keep up with the Joneses, so to speak. Democrats would say, oh, you know, uh, 5G, is a, 5G is a necessity or whatever it may be. You know, and now, of course, like you just said, Democrats say, oh, just buy less. Who cares if shelves are empty, Karen? We, we don't have to live in the, in the first world country anymore. So again, basically, it's the same. It's it's been flipped. Ideologies have been flipped based on current economic status and and polarization and, and the anti-populism of the Democrats. Again, they're basically saying just suck it up, buy less. Even though, as you just said, the poor people are those that are hurt the most by any policy. And excellent point, voters. Anybody can tell the pocketbook difference. That's for sure. Uh, well, thank you, Brian, for coming on. Let's. I want to get a quick Super Bowl prediction out of you. I don't know if you'll be on for our Super Bowl preview show in early September. Um, and this was you make yours, but I'm going I'm to abstain from mine because I have a big surprise in store when that comes. Assuming no one tears their ACL in training camp or gets suspended for PEDs or something. Uh, but Brian, early Super Bowl pick, we won't hold it against you because it's July, but what are you thinking? Mm. You got your Colts blue on today. What are you thinking? Are you buying the Colts? Maybe your, red, your Redskins? My Redskins? Or I should say commies, I guess. I apologize. Yeah, I, that was my original vote just to be a meme lord, but... Uh... <laughs> I don't know. Four and twelve doesn't really look good on a Super Bowl prediction. So, or four, four and four. four how and about 13. four? No, four, twelve and one. There we go. No, that that's my that's my commies prediction for their their season. Um, I'll I'll probably go with. Um, ooh. No, shout out to the 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 other main man, Steve. I'm going with the Chiefs. I, oh, I, I right. think they can pull it out. They can I pull like it that. Off. Mahomes is going to have a breakout year again. I like that. Miss Phyllis, any thoughts on that? Uh, it, it could happen. You going to go Chiefs or going with your boy Joe Burrow or what? I might go with Colts, honestly. Ooh. I, Super Bowl appearance. I don't know if they win it, but. I like that, Miss Phyllis. Maybe Very an good. appearance. Very good. All right, well, Brian, as always, thank you. Uh, I'll just have you back on for our regular season two, which premieres uh, probably Wednesday, uh, October, or excuse me, Wednesday, August 31st. That'll be our college football preview bonanza, probably after a church service dinner. We'll see. That's our tentative schedule season two. We're in the studio just grinding, recording, planning. We're just uh, just horny to record here, man. Yeah, and as a preview to that preview, we are Penn State! <laughs> no words follow up that. You guys have a blessed uh, rest of your summer. <laughs> <laughs>